Chapter 20 of The Road to Mandalay. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Marianne Hadley. The Road to Mandalay by Bithia Mary Croker. Chapter 20 The Pongyi. Late one warm afternoon in January, when Shafto was unusually busy on the Pagoda Wharf, consignments of paddy were coming in thick and fast, suddenly, above the din of steam winches and donkey engines, there arose a great shouting, and he beheld an immense cloud of white dust rolling rapidly in his direction. "'Look out! It's a runaway!' roared a neighboring worker. "'By George, they'll all be in the river!' Sure enough, there came a rattletrap hack gary at the heels of a pair of galloping ponies. The reins were broken, a yelling soldier sat helpless on the driver's seat, and several of his comrades were inside the rocking vehicle. The animals, maddened with fear, were making straight for the Irrawaddy, and, as Shafto rushed forward, with outstretched arm to head them off, they swerved violently, came into resounding contact with a huge crane, and upset the gary with a shattering crash. Several men ran to the struggling ponies, Shafto and another to the overturned gary, and hauled out two privates, number one helplessly intoxicated, number two not quite so helpless. The third person to emerge was, to Shafto's speechless amazement, no less a personage than a shaven priest a full-grown Pongyi in his yellow robe. He looked considerably dazed, and a good deal cut about with broken glass. Waving away assistance, he tottered over and sat down behind a huge pile of rice stacks. Shafto immediately followed to inquire how he could help him, but before he had uttered a word, the Pongyi, who was much out of breath, gasped, "'Bedad! That was a near shave!' Could Shafto believe his ears? Whilst, now, and don't let on, he continued, staunching a cut with a corner of his yellow robe, which he presently exchanged for Shafto's handkerchief. The fright knocked it out of me. So you're not a Burman? Fay, I am not. I'm a native of Cork, and was born in Madras. And only for your honor, we'd all be floating down the Irrawaddy this blessed minute. His honor found it impossible to articulate. He merely stood and gaped. The Irish Pongyi, born in Cork and Madras, was a tall, gaunt, middle-aged man, with high cheekbones, a closely shaven head, and horned spectacles. "'Might I ask your name, sir?' he inquired at last, "'and where ye live?' "'My name is Shafto. I live in a chummery at the corner of Sandwith Road.' "'Oh, and well I know, and it's an old compound. "'They say it's full of gnats, because of a murder as was done there. "'My name is Mung Ba, at your service, "'and I'll not forget what ye did for me this day, "'and I'll call round. Blessed hour, where's my begging-bowl?' "'As soon as Shafto had discovered and restored his pata, "'the Pongyi rose, gave himself a shake, "'and, without another word, stalked away, a tall, erect, unspeakably majestic figure. 
when shafto met roscoe he lost no time in recounting his extraordinary adventure and added triumphantly so you see joe roscoe you are not the only man here who makes a strange acquaintance i'm not surprised he rejoined i've heard more than once of these white pongees i dare say the chap will be as good as his word and will look you up i foresee an interesting interview in about three weeks roscoe's prediction was verified returning home late one evening shafto was struck by the unusually impressive appearance and gestures of the fat madrassi butler who beckoning him aside with an air of alarming mystery informed him that someone is in his room waiting to see his honor in my room he repeated indignantly why the mischief did you put him in there couldn't he sit in the veranda like other people no sir he refused he would not shafto flung open the door of his apartment with a gesture of annoyance and to his profound amazement discovered the pongi seated in easy comfort upon his bed he was surrounded by an odd medicinal aromatic atmosphere his sandals begging bowl and umbrella were carefully disposed beside him and he appeared to be thoroughly at home i thought i'd give ye a call sir before i went up country i'm off to mandalay to-morrow on pilgrimage oh are you said shafto taking a seat and feeling at a complete loss what he was to say and how he was to handle this novel situation i thought resumed the pongi that i'd like to offer ye an explanation of the way i happened to be in that air accident yes assented his host i suppose this pointing to the yellow gown with his stick is a fancy dress for of course you're not a real pongi troth i am so he rejoined with an indignant emphasis i've been properly initiated i know burmese and the pali language and can intone a chant with any one all the same you're an irishman and your speech betrayeth you i wonder you are not kicked out is it kick me out no fear for besides being well respected and well liked i'm a magician oh come that's all rot exclaimed shafto impatiently tis not he rejoined in a vigorously defensive tone and tis little ye know this is a queer country the people are terribly superstitious and weak in themselves on account of gnats and bad spirits oh that i can believe replied shafto your pals in the gary could tell you something about bad spirits wait now and i'll explain said the pongi with an intimate gesture of his great bony hand sometime i've sort of an ache to be mixing up with the european soldiers even if it's only for a couple of hours after a pause he added in a thoughtful tone for you see i was once a soldier meself what it's the pure truth i'm tellin ye a corporal with two good conduct stripes the other week paddy nolan had drink taken and nothing would please him but he must drive so he turned off the gary wan and made a cruel bad hand of it as you saw for yourself they were a couple of raw new ponies come down out of last drove and unused to trains and motors and frightened dancing mad only for you heading them off we were all as dead as mutton 
"'But how did you get into the Burmese priesthood?' inquired Shafto, with abrupt irrelevance. "'It was like this, sir. I was country-born. Me father was a sergeant in the Irish Rifles, me mother was a half-caste, an Anglo-Indian from Ceylon. So I'm half-Irish, quarter Singhalese. I was left an orphan when I was seven years old, and educated at the Lawrence Asylum.' I always had a wonderful twist for languages. It came as easy as breathing to me to talk Tamil and Telugu. Well, when I was close on eighteen I enlisted, and put in seven years with the colours, mostly in Bengal. Then we come over here and lay in Mandalay, and after a bit I somehow got lost. That is, you deserted, sternly amended Shafto. "'Oh, well, have it whatever way ye like, sir. "'I was out shootin' in the jungles "'and was took terribly bad with fever and nearly died. "'The natives are good-natured, kind, soft people, none better. "'They took me in and nursed me, and one of the Pongiers doctored me. "'You see, I was entirely out of touch with Europeans, "'and when I got cured was just a walking skeleton.' Some thief had made away with my boots and breeches, so I stopped among the natives and never laid eyes on a white face for two years. I soon picked up the Burmese lingo, which some say is difficult, but to me it was easy as kiss me hand. Then I was received into the priesthood. That was over seven years ago, and here I am still. Of course, as ye know, I can go or stay as I please, but I stick to the yellow robe as if it was me skin. Still in all, I won't deny that the sight of soldier draws me, and that, he concluded modestly, is my only wakeness. I say, you don't mean to tell me that you are a real Buddhist? Why, of course I am. What else would I be? The religion is pure and good and friendly. The other priests know that I'm from India, and that's enough for them. In this country no question is asked, and that's what makes living so nice and icy. Oh, sure, aren't we Buddhists all over the world? Our doctrines are wise and ancient. We pray and keep fasts and live to ourselves, and there's little differ, in my mind, between us and the Catholic religion, in which I was born and reared. Haven't we the Mass and Vespers and beads and monasteries and Lent, all complete? "'So then you're a celibate, a monk.' "'And to be sure I am. "'You don't look think I look like a nun, do ye? "'A water-drinker? "'Well, sore, I'll tell ye no lie, not altogether. "'I am not a teetotaler all out. "'I'm a sober man, and I mostly drink coconut water and tea. "'It's a fine free life, I can tell ye. "'Fine and idle, eh?' I'm not more idle than the rest of them. It's true that I don't teach, and, of course, it's only the young fellows that do the sweeping, water-carrying, and filtering, and all the work at the Kyung. I see a heap of the country, and have many friends, who give me small presents, and smokes, and food. I have a far better time, a thousand times a better time, than sweating on route marches and carrying around orderly books in Rangoon or Calcutta, and many's the queer tale I could tell ye, tales about animals and elephant dances and big snakes, ay, and spirit tales that would open your eyes. 
"'Well, if it's any comfort to know it, "'you've opened my eyes about as wide as they will go. "'What's your real name?' "'Michael Ryan. "'Me father came from Cork, a real fine country for fightin' men, "'and I understand that once upon a time "'my ancestors had a great kingdom beyond the Shannon. "'Well, sir, now beginning to unfold himself and rise from the bed,' I thought I'd just drop in and explain matters a bit before I go up-country. That was very thoughtful of you, Mung Ba. I'll be back in a while, and I needn't tell ye, Mr. Shafto, that as long as I draw breath I'll never forget how I'm beholden to ye. I'm vowed to poverty, of course, but I'm a rover and go about a lot, and some day I may be able to put a good thing in your way, and I can tell you one thing— ye have a lucky face i'm glad to hear it and now before you depart will you tell me something else how do you contrive to get so much liberty careering around the town with tommies and coming to look me up it's past seven o'clock and i understand your roll-call is at six that's true assented the pong yi but there are exceptions and i'm one of them suddenly sliding off the bed and drawing himself up to his full height, about six feet two. I don't enjoy a very good health being, as ye understand, no native of the country. So I'm allowed a certain margin and liberty. Well, now, I'll be taking leave of ye. But before I go, I want you to accept something I brought you, just a small trifle of a talisman. And from some mysterious receptacle, he produced a good-sized dark stone, about the size of a pigeon's egg. Now, whatever ye do, put this carefully away, and keep it safe and secure. Shafto took it in his hand, examined the gift, and murmured his thanks. No harm of any sort can come next or nigh continued the Pongier, as long as the stone's in your possession, and that's as sure as me name's Mung Ba and hastily collecting his umbrella and bowl, before Shafto could realize the intended move, the stranger was gone. Nothing remained of his visit but the curious, aromatic odor and the so-called talisman. The stone was round, dark, and by no means beautiful, and at first Shafto was inclined to throw it into the compound, but on second thoughts he thrust it into his dispatch-box and locked it away evil spirits, a magician, a talisman, he said to himself. I suppose the poor fellow was discharged from the service as a hopeless lunatic. Having arrived at, his, at this conclusion, Shafto changed his clothes and went to dinner in the veranda, where he was well chaffed about his recent visitor. Been stealing something up at the pagoda, and they sent a bow after you, suggested Fitzgerald. I must say your new friend is a rum-looking customer, a powerful strapping pongier. He'd make a grand constable. What did he want? Oh, he merely came to pay a visit of ceremony, replied Shafto. He was in a gary accident a few weeks ago, and I happened to come to his rescue and pick up the pieces. He called to express his thanks and drop a PPC. End of chapter 20